You're listening to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. Here is your host, Pat Deneen. And welcome back, everybody, to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. My name is Pat, and this here is Episode 2, Week of the Warrior. And it was quite a week for the Ultimate Warrior. He had not just one, but two separate specials this past week. The first one aired on A&E, part of their eight-part biography series of WWE Legends. And then just a few nights later, we saw Becoming Warrior, uh, part of Season 3's Dark Side of the Ring. Both were great in their own very way. Um, So I'm going to get into both of those in just a moment. Um, Now, if you know me, you know I'm a big Ultimate Warrior fan. Again, if you listen to Episode 1, I started watching pro wrestling around 1988. And by this point, Ultimate Warrior had been with the WWF at least a year or so. So, yeah, he uh, he really caught my eye. You know, of course, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, they, they were big stars at the time, too. Uh, but there was something about Ultimate Warrior's energy. I loved his look, the bright, uh, the neon colors, the face paint, the tassels around his biceps, the airbrush jackets, the outlandish, bizarre promos. They didn't make any sense. But there is something so special uh, and captivating about it. So, going to get into a little bit of both. As I said, I guess we'll start with the A&E biography, which is great. Going to do a quick rundown and then, you know, give my opinion on everything. So, in the early 80s, uh, he, Ultimate Warrior started off as an aspiring bodybuilder. Moves down to Georgia. By 1984, he is Mr. Georgia. Um... Shortly thereafter, after he sees he's not seeing the success that he thought he would gain by becoming a bodybuilder, uh, he ends up getting into pro wrestling. You know, he at a Gold's Gym in Venice, he meets the likes of Sting, or what would be Sting, Steve Borden. Long story short, they become a tag team called the Freedom Fighters, and this is in the CWA, the Continental Wrestling Association. Uh, They were faces. This lasted for a very short amount of time. They then went over to the Universal Wrestling Federation where they became heels as the Blade Runners. Threw a little eyeshadow or paint on. Two big brolic dudes. Didn't have a whole lot of skill at the time, but uh, they were damn impressive. They had quite the physique, an amazing look, and that was that. Uh, they didn't have the best run. Uh, Ultimate Warrior, at the end of the day, really wants to go off and do his own thing. Um, so this is where he signs with World Class Championship Wrestling. Uh, becomes the Dingo Warrior, where everybody to this day questions how he even became uh, the Dingo Warrior, or what is a Dingo Warrior. But anyway, he was billed from Queens, New York, 280 pounds or so, and this is where you see the tassels around the arms, the face paint coming in, and he spends some time there. Not very long, but this is where he started gaining some momentum, uh, catches the attention of Vince McMahon, signs with WWF in 1987. And shortly thereafter, this is probably around the time I started watching wrestling, SummerSlam 1988, he defeats the Honky Tonk Man in about 30 seconds or so, wins the Intercontinental Championship. And you got to remember, Honky Tonk Man was uh, the champ for about over a year or so. So that was something else. Him and McMahon became very good friends, him and Warrior. McMahon was would have him over for dinner, was somewhat like a father figure, uh, as Warrior would describe it. Warrior did not have the best relationship with his father, believe at 12 years old or so he left and uh so warrior never really had that so vince kind of gave him that uh that confidence that uh 
you know, that approval that he always longed for. So shortly after that, Warrior had his feuds with Andre, ends up body slamming Andre in a match and getting the win. And who else did that? Hulk Hogan did that at WrestleMania 3 in the Silver Dome. Picked up Andre and gave him a body slam. So this is where Warrior and Hogan would collide. They were the only two to body slam Andre the Giant and defeat him. So these two met up. WrestleMania 6, as we all know. Warrior defended his Intercontinental Championship. Hogan defended his WWF Championship. And Warrior came out successful. They said this was the beginning of the end for the Warrior. Uh, you know, he, he was on top of the world as the WWF champion, and um, wasn't it was about a 10-month reign or so, but he just was, uh, to say the least, he thought very highly of himself. So, fast forward to Royal Rumble, uh, 1991, again, 10, uh, 10 months after his WrestleMania 6 victory, he loses the title to Sergeant Slaughter. This is also around the time him and his wife uh, get divorced. I'll discuss more of that in Dark Side of the Ring, where we heard a whole lot more from her in this first one, uh, the Ultimate Warrior's biography, A&E. We had mainly just heard from his, uh, his second wife, Dana Warrior, and his daughters, Indiana and Madigan. This was a very turbulent time for the Ultimate Warrior. And it was really sad to see, because, I mean, what did I know at the age of um, five? <laughs> you know, all I knew was the Warrior lost his title, and uh, hopefully he'll bounce back, which he never really did recover from. Around that same time, gets divorced. He made a list of demands to Vince McMahon. Basically, he wants the same treatment as Hulk Hogan. He wanted anywhere between $500,000 to $550,000. Uh, that's what Hogan was apparently getting paid at the time. And he wanted all the amenities and some. So after Warrior gives Vince this letter at SummerSlam, Warrior came back uh, from, from the match. He comes backstage and Vince basically slaps a 90-day suspension on the Ultimate Warrior, uh, writing in this letter a whole lot. He Writing, Hulk is a living legend. You are a living legend in your own mind. That really hurt Warrior. Being that he looked at Vince as kind of that, that father figure he never really had. And, and so that was difficult for him. A tough pill to swallow. Um, in 92, shortly thereafter, he ends up getting fired uh, for violating the drug policy. Vince was trying to move away from the big guys so he wasn't uh, sticking out like a sore thumb. So people like Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, they were pushed to the side where you saw the likes of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels start to get that momentum. Uh, go from being Intercontinental Champions to eventual WWF Champions. Um to take some of the heat off of them. Obviously, Brett and Sean are amazing wrestlers, uh, but they weren't bigger guys. They they had smaller frames, and this is kind of a look they went for uh, for years to come. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, so on and so forth. So, Ultimate Warrior returns in 1996 versus Triple H at, uh, at WrestleMania. Beats Triple H in, in a matter of minutes. But around this time, um, Ultimate Warrior's father passed away June 96. He missed some time with the WWF, and uh, it was hard for me to have an opinion on that because um, Vince was basically like, you know, you say you never really had this good relationship with your father. Now you're and now you're telling me you need time off or time away because of your father. It didn't make sense to Vince, and and I could obviously see where Warrior was coming from, uh, even though he wasn't close with his father. At the same time, um, it was his father, and it, and it hurt him deeply because he never would get that that uh, green light, that approval he always longed for. Um, or just that relationship with his father uh, overall. We see Warrior becomes a conservative blogger, basically bashing liberals, 
2005, WWE comes out with their own DVD, just letting people know, whether they're wrestling fans or just outsiders, that we don't want anything to do with Warrior either. So they come out with this self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, where they all basically... uh, it's less about the, the matches and segments and more about people just coming in and, and dishing on him. Um, so that that was rough. His wife, Dana Warrior, said she didn't watch it. Warrior did watch it, and she said that forever hurt him. Um, she doesn't think he ever recovered from that. We fast forward all the way to 2014, where Warrior gets the call, agrees to become uh, a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. Amazing acceptance speech. He has that speech on Monday Night Raw, which was uh, which was beautiful. Um, it was impactful, and who would have ever thought the next day, the Ultimate Warrior dies, suffers a heart attack and dies. April eighth, dies at the age of fifty four. Which I found out there in these documentaries that, you know, his father and his grandfather both died in their fifties as well. Um, but what was so crazy is, it was such a great promo on Monday Night Raw where he said, every man's heart one day beats its final beat. His lungs breathe their final breath. And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others and makes them believe deeper in something larger than life, then his essence, his spirit, will be immortalized. And again, that was great hearing it on Raw and obviously assuming that Ultimate Warrior would go on and right off into the sunset and this was closure for him in WWE and he's in the Hall of Fame now. Who would have thought, you know, 12, 15 hours later, the man would be dead. And um, that one, that, that, (laughs) I felt that one, man. I felt that one because even though he wasn't very well liked in the industry, behind the scenes, he wasn't easy to work with. He wasn't well polished. He was a loner. He would snap on people left and right. Um, I don't discount any of that. I don't discount any of that. Just like famous actors or musicians, they put out great movies, great music. We don't really know what they're like behind the scenes for the most part. And I like them for their craft. I don't like them for the person they are behind closed doors. You hope that they're a a decent human being. There's no guarantees. Um, If I find out somebody's a terrible person, I'm not going to not like their album. I'm going to say that's horrible. Just like with The Ultimate Warrior, this was the first wrestler I ever really connected with at what the age of two from two to six was predominantly his run the guy was simply amazing and what he brought to the table was that energy that charisma that excitement and that's that's what I think that's what captivated a lot of of Ultimate Warrior fans and a lot of fans just to pro wrestling in general of course we want great matches we want workers to be safe in the ring as we get older uh and learn more about the wrestling business and the whole industry anyway still goes down as one of my all-time favorites and that was in short basically the whole a and i'm gonna go into dark side of the ring I'm, I'm gonna skim through that rather quickly jim Cornette starts off by saying no one went from start to pinnacle as fast as he did his ex-wife shari tyree she was amazing by the way i expected her to come out and and not just, you know, throw dirt on Warrior's name, but I expected it to be pretty, pretty rough, you know, and she was absolutely amazing. Uh, dare I say I enjoyed listening to Sherry Tyree on Dark Side of the Ring more so than I enjoyed Dana Warrior on A&E. And Dana Warrior's a sweetheart, but Sherry Tyree, man, I mean, she did not hold any grudges against Warrior, and she was with him from 82 to 91, I believe, 
So from his come up all the way to his ultimate success at WrestleMania 6, and then seeing his downfall afterwards, which led to their divorce, they met while he was bouncing at a bar. She said, never met anybody so driven and dedicated. This Memphis promoter, Jerry Jarrett, signs the Freedom Fighters, as I was saying, to the CWA. They ended up making their way over as heels, as I mentioned, to UWF, yada, yada, yada. Dingo Warrior, we, we know about all that. He gets a letter in 1987 to come to WWF, has a few dark matches. Uh, his favorite merchandise we got to learn was his wrestling buddy. Might I add, that was one of my favorite things growing up. I had the Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior wrestling buddies. Um, wish I still had them. They're going for an enormous amount of money, by the way on eBay. Would love to get my hands on one of them again, but that that's what really made him feel like he made it. We saw WrestleMania 6, Hogan Warrior, yada yada. He wins that. Uh, but this is why, or what led to that divorce. When Warrior was on the road, Shari would call him up to check in. He's not answering. She would check in with the front desk at the hotel. Oh yeah, he's up there. He's just sleeping. He really could give a damn about keeping in touch with her. Um, <clears throat> one time, she ends up calling him. Here's a woman in the background. She saw all these different names and phone numbers in his day planner for when he would visit different cities. Uh, so she tells him she's serving him divorce papers. Bottom line, married nine years. Very sad that that's how it ended. But what was very interesting to me is something I never knew. So Jake the Snake Roberts, he was supposed to have a title run. He was supposed to have a feud with the Ultimate Warrior. But before that were to happen, Vince McMahon says, you have to get the okay from Warrior. And Jake the Snake's confused because he says, why would I need the... Uh, the, the green light from Warrior. Uh, I know he's the champion, but you are Vince McMahon. You make the decisions around here. And Vince reluctantly was like, mm, that's not really how it's going to go. Jake the Snake goes in to meet Warrior. And he basically, actually, before he even got any words out, Warrior just snaps on him. Um, it was pretty rough saying, you're not, you know, going to take my shine. You're not going to take this title from me. It's not happening. Da -da 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 -da. And so, and then he basically tells Jake the Snake to be on his way, get the hell out of the locker room or his dressing room or whatever. So that was that was something else. So as we know, uh, Vince fires Warrior at SummerSlam 91, as I mentioned. Vince then goes to Jake, you know, basically you have crap luck. And uh, sorry, it didn't work out. So, you know, Jake the Snake could have and would have been a world champion, never happened. Um, and he held on to that for years, as he mentioned. That ate him up for years, how that went down. So we learn about the Warrior and, uh, you know, post-WWE with the comic books and uh, so on and so forth. He really he ch legally changed his name to Warrior. Had a wrestling academy for a bit. Uh, learned about distrucity. It's the truce between destiny and reality. So when Ultimate Warrior opened his gym, he sees his ex-wife come in, uh, Shari Tyree. And ironically enough, this is where Warrior meets his new wife, Dana. And this also happens to be where Shari met her new husband. So Warrior and Shari basically agreed that um, it's probably best that she no longer come to this gym, uh, being that they both have new love interests. And Warrior basically told her, uh, you know, sorry about the past. Uh, thank you for being my wife. You were great. I apologize for all that I did. And this is when they parted ways and you could tell how much it affected Shari, because even to this day, when she was discussing this, she said uh, that was the last time we really had spoken, which was many years ago. So um, you could just see how she she really and truly still deeply cares for Warrior. Um, very much so. So let's go to the WWE Hall of Fame 2014, as I mentioned earlier. So let's go. We see Jake the Snake 
is inducted the very same year as the Ultimate Warrior in 2014, Jake said, look, no love lost. I had a roll of quarters in my pocket. I was ready to, basically, he's ready to take Warrior out in short. Then he gets a tap on his shoulder. And Warrior comes up to him and says, Jake, I apologize for the past and all that I have done. I hope you and your family could forgive me and so on and so forth. And that really took took Jake by surprise. Uh, they buried the hatchet, so to speak. And um, man, how timely. Jake the Snake described it as he disarmed me, man. He totally disarmed me. And uh, I learned a lesson that night. That overall was the A&E and the Dark Side of the Ring synopsis. And um, yeah, man, what a um, what a great job again by A&E and Dark Side of the Ring. They they did a fantastic job putting this together. I look forward to to watching the remaining episodes Dark Side of the Ring. And I know there is two biographies remaining for A&E. At least I don't know if they're gonna do a second season. We have Mick Foley coming up. And then we have Brett the Hitman Hart uh, finishing that eight-part series. The Ultimate Warrior will definitely be one of my all-time favorite pro wrestlers. Uh, there's no doubt about it. My favorite of the Golden Era, Stone Cold, probably my favorite of the Attitude Era. And uh, current day might be AJ Styles. I do hope that A&E comes out with the second season of the Biography series. And as much as I think it would be great to do guys like The Undertaker or even speak on guys like Hulk Hogan. We know all about them for the most part, right? Um, how about somebody that wasn't as popular, but we all knew? How about Rick the Model Martel? Guys like that. And although they may not garner as much interest as your Undertakers or Canes or Hulk Hogan's and so on and so forth, um, I think the true diehard wrestling community, and you know that they are the most loyal fans, I for one uh, being one, know that they are the most loyal fans more than any other fan base. And I'm a fan of many professional sports and pro wrestling fans. There is no off season, So I'd love to see uh, a biography series on guys that were not as prominent, uh, maybe not world champions, but were key parts of the business. So I'd like to see something like that. And uh, as always, Dark Side of the Ring delivers yet again. They've had a great season so far. Um, I've watched The Collision in Korea. I've watched uh, the one on Brian Pillman, Nick Gage. Phenomenal job, as always. Their production is so uh, spectacular, Dark Side of the Ring. And yeah, that just about sums it up for today, folks. So thank you once again for tuning in to the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. I am your host, Pat, and I will see you next time. Got a question for Pat? Send him an email at turnbuckletopics at gmail.com. That's turnbuckle, T-O-P-I-X, at gmail.com. Find him on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Turnbuckle Topics. Thanks for listening to the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. Be sure to subscribe. If you like the show, help others find out about it. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for another episode of Turnbuckle Topics. See you then.